Hello and welcome to the Raptor Show on Sportsnet. I'm your host, Lou. Uh, it is time once again to discuss uh, our new Lord and Savior, Darko Ryakovich. No, I'm kidding, actually. Uh, we actually have, have some other topics to talk about besides the head coach, although it was great to catch up with Darko um, on the Raptor Show. If you haven't already, we had an exclusive interview with the Raptors' newest head coach uh, on the previous episode of the podcast feed. So, Make sure uh, you tune in, get to know Darko a little bit because we're at the all, we're pretty much all at the phase of getting to know this guy who, um, you know, the analogy I left him with is basically, you know, you, you have my baby in your hands. So um, our newest baby mama, Darko Ryakovich. Alex Wong, how you doing, man? What's good, man? Just just want to give you props on a on a great interview yesterday. You know, I feel like a lot of us, like including ourselves, didn't really know much uh, about Darko, like to the extent that that you know we were able to do whatever cursory research, you know, look at past podcasts, articles, and things like that, and even coming off the introductory presser, like there wasn't much to to take away, and you know, to the extent that now I feel like we're starting really to get to know Darko better, you know, outside of of um, some great uh, Getty image photos of him. Um, mm. over the last few days and I know the Raptors social team uh, shouts to the Raptors social team back on the good side after hey man, we're on the good side yeah, now yeah. we have content again which I feel like that was the issue right there was no content <laughs> yeah so, they, so, so I, I feel their pain yeah when there's no content as you can tell usually online people just start fighting each other and just get really like you know snarky so mm. so so I totally understand you know Raptors Twitter We'll be voting you for a Webby um, this coming season. But, you know, they, they did some content with Darko as well, you know, asking him about the city, asking him how, uh, you know, how he takes his espresso, which he uh, uh, hilariously responded saying very seriously. Um, okay, that's a bar. Yeah, no, yeah, that's like a bar. That. But, you know, I think the thing about Darko is, and especially coming off Nick Nurse, like I was thinking about this, like think about Dwayne Casey, right? Like what, what do we know about Dwayne Casey? like personality wise outside of basketball like was there a lot of things that we knew about Dwayne when he was here um there was the photo of him taking the subway to the, to work mm-hmm. which um is is that notable i mean he lived at St. Clair right he lived at like St. Clair roughly okay. um and 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 young so i would also take the subway to work mm. if i were him anyway um we knew Pound the Rock. Yes. Because I feel like we once they, they bring a new head coach in, like, there's always got to be something. You know what I mean? Like, they don't just give you, like, here's a new head coach, and then, like, you know, you're left to your imagination as to who this guy is, which most of the time you have no idea who they are, what their history is, how they're going to coach the team, how what's their personality. Like, you always get this, like, PR day. Like, we basically had media day for Dark Hole yesterday. Like, from what I understand, this guy did a whole bunch of press, obviously, just at the um, – at the conf- press conference itself, then he was like whisked away down Bremner so that he could take some more photos um, with Masai, and we saw some of those. Then he went into the arena, took a whole bunch of more photos, did some of those. Then he did some sit-down interviews with a couple of outlets. I saw, you know, front of the program, Josh Lundberg had his sit-down with him uh, with what looked to be three Fred Van Vliet jerseys in the background, which was a little odd. Hmm. But I, I think that it was actually more just about Raptors 2023. Although I did I. I understand that there is a uh, there is definitely a witch hunt on for Fred. So everyone was like, "This is a big conspiracy for Josh to put all these Fred Van Vliet jerseys all over the place." Which 
If he did, it actually is the funniest conspiracy for him to just decorate <laughs> that, this like dark room with just Fred jerseys. That, that would only make. But I'm that pretty would, sure it was just 2023 mm, announcement. That, that would that would make uh, Josh Lundberg even cooler in my eyes if if he was part of this conspiracy. <laughs> I didn't think it could possibly be cooler in my eyes, but this this just shot up another level of it. It's true. This is how much the media is protecting Fred. That we are literally hanging up his clothing around the house. Okay? We're doing laundry for him right now. What's going on, man? Yo, it kind of had it. It's kind of like a clothes line in the background the production of that was because was otherwise it was just like generic ferns and stuff sure so it was like between two ferns and three it was between and... three friends man that's amazing yeah <laughs> so um he did that then mm. he did our call then he went on uh, he sat down he sat know, down he sat down, station. he sat down with danielle michaud too of, of sportsnet sat down with sportsnet on yeah. tv side mm-hmm. so like it's it's a whole media day and you always find out something new about a guy and i feel like my favorite one is still doing Casey coming in and being like pound the rock. Mm. You know, that's my philosophy. I stole it from the Spurs. And here is this piece of the Canadian shield. I think the story was, I think I asked somebody about the story. I forget who, but somebody who was around at that time when Dwayne got hired in I think 2012, um, where apparently Dwayne like sent an assistant up to the, like the Canadian shield essentially. Oh, to is, pick up the rock. You know, mm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So this guy just had to, like, drive up north, I suppose, to, like, North Bay, like, wherever the Canadian Shield starts. Obviously, it's, like, the majority of um, Canada is covered. And, uh, yeah, just just got to found some boulders and brought them back to Dwayne, and that was kind of the whole thing. But I just imagine, like, what who whose job was that? You know what I mean? Like, imagine someone came to you at work today and was like, hey, Alex, or, like, if, I, if, if DT came up to you at work today mm. and was just like, yo, Alex, I'm going to need you to... I'm gonna need you to produce this new thing for the show. I'm gonna need you to <laughs> drive four hours in the Honda Civic, mm. pick up the most like, I don't know, uh, metaphorical but also literal rock that you can find and bring it back here so that we can make this our ethos. Hey, you know? a- anything for this network, man, and anything for mm. the show. So I probably yeah, bring Jr. along though, because you know I don't like to drive. Yeah. But but you also don't like people talking to you while you're driving. Yeah. So or have the radio. You guys are gonna sit in silence for. Eight hours. Well, we know Jr. You know Jr.'s got great music taste. I'm sure he would listen to some Tory Lanes um, or or something <laughs> like that for the for the four hours on his AirPods. He really is a Tory Lanes. So, no, we we gotta leave it at that. J- we gotta leave it at Shots that. To Jr. We're man. just gonna we're just gonna move on from that. No, but I think my point was like, yeah, like you mentioned about Dwayne. Um, like I think it's a good point. Like everybody comes in with like one or two traits about them, right? Like, like Dwayne was known as, as a defensive guy. Like he had just come from winning a championship in Dallas. And, and, you know, when Nick came too, like, I remember the reputation was like, you know, he had helped so much with the offense here as an assistant coach. And, you know, he was an innovator and, you know, for Darko, you know, I feel like just because there hadn't been a lot of press about him leading up to this, like now we're starting to paint that blank canvas. And it seemed like based on the media day yesterday, you know, the thing that's being really driven um, and it really hammered home in all these interviews is really the player development aspect, right? And I know he came mm. with that reputation, but like so much of it, so much of the conversations across the different interviews, including the one with you that everybody should check out is 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 about like, oh, wanting to get the best out of every player, um, which, you know, it, it sounds great. It sounds great on, on paper. Um, and obviously there's, you know, it's it's fair to just have some skepticism to see if that's going to work out. Um, you know, based on this roster, et cetera. But, you know, I think I think there's general I would like to say there's there's general excitement and optimism 
about what what Darko is is going to bring to the table to the extent that there can be optimism. Obviously, haven't seen anything yet. I mean, I think there should be right. Like that's that should be the intended effect. Like if you brought in, I mean, if you didn't get this feeling, I feel like the front office would have already, in, in part, failed at their job. Now, of course, the idea isn't to give you a temporary distraction of like, hey, you know, we got a new coach, everything's good. But at the same time, like you know, you have new management, like it should be exciting in some way. And I think Darko's contributed to that. Like, you know, he's definitely very enthusiastic, very energetic. Um, I still have a question in terms of just like how, well, I have tons of questions actually in terms of just how it's all going to play out and, um, you know, how he's going to build trust with players. And and that's kind of why, like the interview that I did yesterday with him, like I really wanted to dig into some of those details in terms of like, what is player, you know, development mean to you and sort of what makes players successful, what doesn't make them successful. And um, in terms of players that pan out, players that don't pan out. Um, and also, do you need minutes to to develop or do you need to develop first to get minutes? Like it, it's, uh, it, it, it's things that I, I at least want to know in terms of, what this new guy brings in um he does seem really collaborative which i think uh is is good but also at the same time you also need to be the boss i mean like you know the front office is going to let you do that job um you know you have to be that leader of men in that in that room and he's done it before for sure he's done it before right he's he's coached at a head coaching position in the g league or uh in serbia or in spain it feels like those are the three places he's coached i'm sure he's done some camps and stuff like that too so i'm sure he's able to relate to people with different backgrounds but again you just never really know until it really happens but um for now he said all the right things i thought he was really well media trained what'd you think man did you feel like you learned a lot from him from all the questions asked of him or did you feel like he had been adequately prepared to answer pretty much the same like 10 questions for everybody. Yeah, I think he was I think he was definitely well prepared. You could tell he had prepped the specific talking points that mm. that he wanted to hammer home and I don't think that takes away from how genuine those answers were, but I think it's more to the point of like I think he knew exactly what he wanted to convey in terms of he knew he was going to be asked about his coaching style, asked about what were the things that that he was going to emphasize. And it was interesting too when when you were talking to him, you brought up the fact about like, you know, player development and how important it is to actually like give guys minutes, things like that. And it's like every time he was answering these questions, like it it, it was hard to not just compare that to like how Nick would have approached some some of these situations in, in like the last few years and things like that. Cause one of the things, one of the complaints and maybe the front office had it too. And then it contributed to this change is, is like, were players given enough of a leash on the court to, to make mistakes um, and to work through those mistakes and, and to give a chance to, to really, you know, be a part of that rotation. Right. Like, I, mm-hmm. I think it's going to get to a point where it's tiring too. Cause I know we keep bringing up like the bench guys and it's easy to point to like a Malachi Flynn, and Delano Banton as, as as examples, and you know my guy Jeff Down Jr., future Raptor, um, mm. like like again. What's your what? Can you explain what is the, what is your what is your beef with him? I don't have a beef with Jeff Down Jr. I was just under. I don't know, man. I was just. I, 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 it's just under the understanding, like you know, perusing the CBA that he's currently not a member of of the Toronto okay. Raptors. Yeah, I mean, technically, okay. so aren't a lot of the other guys. Oh, okay, you okay. Know, Ron, okay. Ron Harper's out of contract. Okay, okay. Uh, Delano's out of contract. You know. Okay, so so apologies. I, 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 the only I, guy there who actually had a deal with Joe Wieskamp, which is kind of 
kind of <laughs> kind of funny in a way. Not to say that it's funny that he's employed, but it is kind of funny. Yeah, and and he survives. Um, they had to sacrifice Jeff Downs' uh, last like two games of availability in in the regular season. Um, right? But- Do you think they talk about it? Do you think they look at each other? Look, Jeff Downs like that's the reason I wasn't available to play yeah, the like, playing game. Like this is why you. This is why I'm a free agent right now. Um, no, but I think. Uh, it'll be interesting like how he handles the bench like like how he handles these yeah, players sure. right like like is yeah. there going to be a completely different approach now like are we going to see an emphasis on what you know maybe specific parts of the game that they want to see from these players so like i think that's the exciting part like even if you're bringing back the same players like having mm. a new voice having a new approach like you know number one it'll be in- interesting subplot to see how the players whether they are receptive to that because I think I think part of whenever you make a coaching change, obviously you're betting on the players to to you know be able to adapt and change to what a new head coach demands of you. Because it does feel like mm-hmm. towards the end of last season, you know all the reasons, whatever it may be, like it just seemed like the players and the coach had reached really the the end of really their relationship. And yeah. so now you get a fresh start here. Like I feel like you can drum up excitement even looking at the players that are returning. Like how, like what new positions are they going to be put onto on the court? You know, how the team is going to play overall. You know, a lot of this talk about the selfishness from last season and, you know, a friend of the program, Bobby Webster was on the fan morning show um, Mm. this morning with Ailish and Justin. Everybody should check that out. And, you know, yeah, bro. He, I didn't know you were so familiar with Sportsnet 590, the fan. Oh, uh, yeah, no, you know, just you know, in the Honda Civic, you know, there's uh, very few options. No, no, I made sure to listen to. <laughs> oh, you were in the Honda Civic at 8 a.m.? <laughs> nah, that's cap. Super cap. Yo, that's <laughs> 19 new era caps, man. Um, and, and Bobby, Bobby mentioned too, pretty unprompted, talking about wanting to get back to having unity chemistry on the court. And I feel like that was a major talking point yesterday mm-hmm. and even into today as Bobby did his media obligations as well. So I think I think there's there's just hope and optimism within the organization. And again, I don't know if it's misguided that they believe I think I think there's a strong belief in this roster based on a lot of the pieces that are already here. And I think there's a belief that, a, a you know, a slight change and not a slight change, like a change in head coaching, a change in approach is going to be able to bring more out of this team. It does seem like this is what they're betting on. Right. So. Yeah. Yeah. And also I think the Nick thing just kind of ran its course. Sure. You know, I, I, I think, um, yeah, it, it's not even to say that like anyone was a bad coach or anything like that, but like, it, it just, yeah. Like, relationships kind of just reach a point where you know you, you're kind of ready for a split and i think that's kind of what happened there and the, the next person you bring in always kind of feels like it's like a reflexive thing to the next guy you know mm-hmm. like yeah you see this all this guy feel i feel like i always bring up like watching soccer but like in soccer they, they change managers way more often than they do here um and it's always like oh the football is too boring we need to bring in an offensive minor coach and then they bring an offensive minor coach and they maybe score more but they also give up more goals and they're like well we need to have a more conservative approach so we can secure points and so they bring in the next guy's more defensive minded and it's like it's just kind of this back and forth cycle um and i think you know there's probably a bit of that here right we're always thinking about like okay so at the end there the raptors struggled to generate offense and the offensive system was really you know boring to watch in addition to just looking kind of nasty um and then you know we also haven't developed players and so we bring in a guy that's opposite to that that's and 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 that's going to be fine but again like i think to keep this thing in mind like a we need to see what dark can do on the court how he bonds with players um 
you know, all that kind of stuff. Uh, hopefully he's already in the process of having reached out to a lot of guys. He talked about uh, um, with us that, um, you know, he had already reached out to Scotty and, you know, Scotty was really hungry to improve and that's all good, right? That's all good. I, I know he's already reached out to Pascal as well. Um, they, they sort of touched base on this whole thing. So that's good too. But it's like, you know, when you guys get these, when you get the group back together, what are you specifically going to do to, to change, um, you know, the interpersonal relationships or to make them more cohesive together? Right. Because I think, okay, that's, that's the right idea. Absolutely. That's the right idea. Now I want to know how and, you know, um, see that translate into, into success. Like, and like, I don't know, Alex, I, I would ask you, like, what would you do? Like, cause this is not even like a scheme thing. Like, sure. You could say that like, Hey, my scheme is you guys can pass the ball more to each other. I'm sure Nick nurse knows what a pass was, but it's like, how do you get these guys to mesh w- along with each other, each other? Is it just a simple fact that like guys can sign their contracts and, and, and they have less to worry about on that front because there won't be as much of that next year. Uh, or do you think it's more of like, you know, you have to find ways for them to, to, to bond closer as a group? I, I, I genuinely don't know. Like, I'd love to hear ideas. Yeah, I think, I mean, I think depending on like what happens with, with Fred and Gary, and if you assume that most of the team does come back, like, I feel like the players themselves need, need to sit together and, and, you know, even without Darko have a conversation because like they mm. collectively, failed last year and like whatever needs to get aired out like listen man every locker room like is going to have its problems like even winning teams so like what happened to the raptors last season is really not that like different or like special um i agree i think it's just different from the fact that like we have not you know had had to deal with such a season in, in, in a long time like i think it's on the players to sit down and 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 air those things out and talk about the things that didn't go right last season and and then it's on the players to together like really commit to what the coach is doing right like i think you have to mm. give the new coach a runway in preseason in in training camp preseason and also as the start of the regular season to just have a trust that you know he's got the knowledge base and he understands how to put everybody in a position to succeed and if you want to play a different type of basketball on offense you talk about the ball movement like emphasizing all of that stuff like you know, he can he can drop anything that he wants. He can preach all this stuff. If the players aren't going to execute it, it's not going to matter, right? So I think mm-hmm, it's really exactly. on these players to really sit down and and they have to find that unity themselves. Like Darko is not yeah. going to come in and be able to pull all these guys together and get them on the same page. Like these guys have to get on the same page first. So yeah. who, whoever hey. it is, and it's like, I think about too, and I, I don't know if we talked about this a, a lot last year. It's like you look at, Fred as like a clear leader in the locker room, right? Like Pascal as a clear leader in the locker room. Like I think this is a spot for them to step up as well, right? Like it's a spot Mm -hmm. for them to pull these guys together. Like they didn't have, they had a very disappointing season. And, you know, you you need these voices. Like we joke about Udonis Haslam and all these guys, but like it's important to have a couple of these guys in the locker room that's able to to step up and, and say these things. And like, you know, like someone like Thad Young, if he's still on the team, like I'm sure he's someone who can speak, but it's like the words probably impact more when it's a guy that's in the starting lineup, like, mm. like a Fred and Pascal. So I, I do feel like it's like, yes, they hired the head coach, but I think we said the same thing at the end of the season when Nick got fired too. Like the onus is on the players, especially if this organization is like, yeah, we believe in these guys. Like we believe yeah. you, we believe you guys, even though you had such a disappointing season, like we want to bring this back. Like, like we think that, you know, whatever you guys accomplished two seasons ago when you won 48 games and made the playoffs, like we can get back to that level. 
Like if the organization is showing the level of belief in that, then I think it's on the players to just look in the mirror and, and they have to reward the team back. Yeah. No, I like that, man. Damn. Um, you know, ball first off. Uh, I, I think the second thing too, for me, is just like, you know, in addition to Pascal and, and Fred doing that again, if, if all those guys are back, which again, you know, you never know, mm-hmm. but, um, do you also want to see Scotty do that? Cause I feel like I, cause, cause the way I keep thinking about the season is just like, mm-hmm. you know, fans, media, like we're all like really in on Scotty. Like if you notice all the Darko interviews, everybody asks about what's your plan for Scotty. But like, I didn't, I rarely heard him asked about Fred and I don't think anyone asked him about Pascal at all. I don't, I don't think we have a record on comment for, from, from him about Pascal. Um, even though I know those guys have spoken already, but like, you know, there's so much this focus on Scotty. And um, I think in terms of his like importance on the team, in terms of how much the team is dependent on him on, you know, day-to-day success versus long-term success, long-term success, very dependent day-to-day success. He's one of the five starters, right? But the, 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 the way he's spoken about, especially the online conversations, which you'd be a fool to think players don't see that, especially young players will definitely see that, but I'm sure most players have a very strong understanding of sort of what the dynamics are going on, especially online. Um, he has such a big place on the team that I don't know if if that's reflected yet in the hierarchy of the team itself based on just how it operates. So would you also want to see Scotty be one of those guys that says like, hey, as a group, we got to do a lot better than we did last year. And here's what I'm ready to do to, to sort of step in and contribute to the situation. And I want you guys to also do this together. You know what I mean? I'm not saying I want him to coach the team. I, mean, I think it'd just be good enough for him to be a good player, a great player. Um, but as one of the leaders of the team, or at least one of the most important of the team, like I would actually love to see him step forward more in that regard. Or or, or, or am I just completely off base thinking a 21-year-old could do that at this point? No, I think it's fair. I mean, the only player who can really coach a team is Kyrie Irving. So I think we'd be expecting okay. too much out of Scotty, but like you mentioning him being 21, like there, there is a strange weird dynamic in that assuming Fred and Pascal are back, like that, you know, they're clearly at a different stage in their career, older players. Right. And, and they have the seniority of being here. Um, you know, they can still tap into that, that championship, uh, experience that, that we love to mm. talk about, but I want to see if it's leadership, I want to see Scotty maybe become the leader of like the younger guys here. Right. Like, mm, like, okay, I like, that. like you think about like, and I would group a lot of these guys in there, even though all these young guys are, are probably older than Scotty. Like you think about like, well, Jeff Down certainly is. Oh yeah. Yeah. Well, I, oh, I, my theory I, with Jeff Down is he keeps hanging out with the rookies to make himself look younger. This is actually a credible theory. And you know, I'm happy to run with any Jeff Down theories. Um, but like, even like Precious and, uh-huh. you know, Malachi, Delano, you can go down the list, the players that are here. Like, you know, I love to hear some stories about Scotty, you know, kind of taking them under the reins because it's like he Scotty is the most skilled and most talented out of these guys. Right. So mm-hmm, regardless mm-hmm. of his age, if he's 21 or not, like he can still as as an important player on this team, like set an example for the rest of the guys. Mm-hmm. Right. So so I do think like I think it's asking a lot for him to suddenly be like the most vocal leader on this yeah, team, sure. like with or without Fred here. But I, I think I think that's a natural progression for him too, right? Like as you continue to to become more of a vocal point on, on the court, you know, if you want all that responsibility and the spotlight of of, of being an up and coming star player, I think that has to 
that has to come with it. Right. And like, you know, mm. maybe not all of that is going to come next year. Like, you know, like not comparing, you know, him to Giannis, but it's like, you think about a player like Giannis, like when you're still developing at like 21, 22, like there's really not much you can step up and say in, in, in the locker room. Right. Like, I think, I think you got you to show up with your play on the court first. And, and then once you're, once you're credible, on the court then then i think you can start being a leader and kind of bringing these guys mm. with you so yeah i would love to see that man like it doesn't all have to come next year but i would love to see him start moving into that role as well and i would love to see the the coach and the organization like demand more of that from like i feel like you should challenge scotty to do all these things that's the thing i expect him to be great and i actually expect him to be great at pretty much all aspects um across the board and i have realistic i have higher expectations of him than i do of fred or pascal mm. and maybe that's not even fair based on the fact that those guys are older and you should expect more of those guys but long term we all talk about scotty like the franchise player we don't do that for pascal and, and fred probably because we know they're not but like you know I, I i because we have these higher expectations um we should hold people to that i like your idea about like him sort of being that leader of the younger group i, I really like that because i, I do think that you know, um, I wouldn't say there's a, even a divide, but I think there's just a generational like gap, you know, I, again, like I was just thinking about this cause I'm listening to, um, you know, my favorite player pod podcast P number two in Canada. Oh, um, downloaded, downloaded everywhere. The, Jer- when you're, the uh, Jerry West after episode? you rated us. Yeah. Yo, I, 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 I just got home and I was just listening to the Jerry West episode mm. and I was thinking, I was like, you know, a guy like Paul, obviously he's been in the league a long time. He's had a lot of experiences, but his ability to speak to, you know, um, players of similar age like a DeMar DeRozan players of a younger age like Jaron Jackson players of pretty much the youngest age in like Jalen Green and then go upwards obviously to a guy like Jerry West who I gotta think he's in his how old do you think Jerry West is in his 70s yeah we're gonna do he did say that he was he was he hired um Hubie Brown as coach so Jerry West is currently 85 years old 85 wow yeah. well first off he has great energy for an 85 year old because mm-hmm. uh, i have some 85 year old grandparents and there's no way they're going to sit down mm-hmm. for a podcast yeah. and, for two hours and, and have that and much that's energy all and that's all we'll say about the situation that's all we'll yeah. say about that situation mm-hmm. um but like um you have players who can sort of speak to the different generations but at the same time even watching some of those interviews i'm like paul has such a better time connecting with guys of his age bracket like a damar even like a even like a Car Anthony Towns who's who's younger but not but but closer in age versus like him speaking to Jaron Jackson, I felt like there's a disconnect. Him speaking to Jalen Green definitely felt like the disconnect. Jalen Green almost always talking to him like he was his parent or something mm. rather than as a peer. And I'm just thinking about like, man, how do those dynamics play out in the locker room? Like guys who have been there four, five, six, seven, eight years in the same organization versus some of the newer guys who are coming in and out or they're just trying to find their footing, like it's it's not that easy really to sort of keep everyone on the same page so and again like this is the league right now like i think you need players themselves to sort of like not do the coaching but like hold the group together that buy-in has to be done as a group and it feels like it it starts more with the players rather than just like darko forcing his cult of personality on the person because i I don't think that's gonna necessarily or not cult but force a personality on the person because like I'm I'm not sure what he's gonna go in there and say or make them do that like specifically gets them to work more cohesively than it did this past year. I think it also needs to be backed up by the players. Otherwise, it won't work. No, for sure, man. And I think like sometimes maybe we we ask too much of these coaches in, in terms of what they're they're able to do, right? 
Like, you know, yeah. they, they have to focus on obviously the X's and O's game planning and all this stuff. And like Masai referred to it a little bit too. It's like, I think Masai was pretty disappointed last season that, you know, he had to step in and like have conversations mm-hmm. that maybe the coaches should have had, or maybe the yeah. players should have had themselves. Right. So I think, I think the team is trying to get to overall to back to a structure. And, and I think part of that structure sure. is having players to, to, to be more accountable like there just needs to be more accountability in the locker room. And it depends on the personality type too, right? Like if, if Scotty, you know, is comfortable being more of, of a vocal leader, right? Like you see, we've seen different types of leaders here too, from like Kyle to Kawhi, um, like like different types. So, you Demar. know, yeah, Damar as well. So it's like Scotty, if Scotty's really great on the court, then he can just be a great on-court leader. Right. Like like sure, it doesn't need sure. to be the speeches or, or, you know, getting guys together off the court and, and things like that. But I, I think that has to be part of the natural progression. You're right. It's like, you know, you're, you're in your third year now. You know, I think I think the spotlight of anything is going to be even bigger next season um, mm. than, than it was coming into this year. And, you know, it's yeah, it's going to be interesting. I think that's going to be one of the most interesting subplots. It's like how how Darko. And and Scotty kind more behind of, the scenes, you know, get with along. the the press conference yesterday. Like how they developed their yeah. Their what would you what would you like to talk about behind the scenes? The ice cream truck. The I suppose people want to know about the ice cream situation because I guess it was part of the live stream. They kind of warn us, man, when the thing goes live. Like, you know, not that <laughs> we're doing anything wild, but like you remember when the Nick Nurse press conference where um uh it was announced that he was getting laid off. And or, or fired, not laid off. And uh, you and I walked into the room, and I've got I'm doing my Birdman hand rub. Like, oh, that's right. I'm just like, damn. Like, the, the, you know, I, I it would be nice if they said on air, and you're walking in like, okay, I understand that we're being recorded right now. Yeah, no, we're uh, definitely under surveillance. Well, we can we can start like chronologically. You know, we sure, you know the sure, presser sure. was called um, for 1 p.m. and obviously media arrived a bit early. And based on the email that was sent out by, by the Raptors PR, like it did sound like the, the event was going to be outdoors. Um, I didn't read it well enough. Cause I just looked at yeah. the time and I was like, okay, I'm going to go. Yeah. I just, Cause a yeah. note, a note was made in, in the press release that if it, if it rained, then the festivities would move inside. Interesting. Okay. Yeah. So, so, you know, that we arrived. Been a bad omen, man. <laughs> Imagine <laughs> you, you, we arrived, you know, you were there before me. Uh-huh. Um, you know, I believe they crossed my name off um, when you arrived, and then yeah, that was tough. That was tough. And, and not then, that with anybody, um, but that was hilarious. And then yeah, you know, we we sat down. So there was a what do you call it? Like a gated area inside. Um, for, yeah, it for was basically members. like Jurassic Park. Like it, you know, there's a gated section where the people are inside the park, but there's also people outside of that. Yeah, well. so like around the perimeter of the gate, a lot of fans started gathering. Just like mm. publicly, Fan, and, fans or yeah. MLSC employees. Sorry, sorry, sorry. I think a mix of both. Um, a, a, a <laughs> so it's mix, like fifty. It's like half and a, half. Yeah. A mix. Uh, yeah, a little half and half. Um, shouts yeah. to the homie. Um, and then, and you know, on the podium there were uh, Raptors themed colored balloons. Yep. Right. Yep. Like, like there was a a whole you know entire setup there, and um, I believe you have pointed out. Um, as we were waiting for for Dar- uh, Darko Ryakovich to show up, uh, Doja Cat was playing on the speakers. Um, Bro, they just kept times. playing Doja Cat. Like, yeah. like I swear they played her yeah. like an album or something. Cause... Yeah. So, so it, it, you know, these, you yeah. know, one of the fun things, you know, when you come to these pressers is like just people seeing seeing who's showing up, right? So we, mm. we spotted Alex McKechnie. Uh, 
Jamal McGlure, which Michael Grange reported is no longer part right. of the coaching staff, but is part uh, will remain with the organization in a role TBD. Mm-hmm. Um, Jim Sand was there, one of the coaches retained. Um, Sand you know, man in polo and shorts. Eric um, Corey, who yeah, we've Eric interviewed Corey, on this on this guy. show a couple times. Shouts to my guy Josh Sue um, in a full suit. Mm. Um, you know, Rovan Yao was there, I believe outside the gate. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, sunglasses so yeah. yeah and those, of course the, the players... those cop sunglasses once again <laughs> and of course <laughs> sorry sorry Robert. the the uh the players the uh-huh. players that we mentioned um the bench mob showed up um i think we've already listed them right like joe Wieskamp, ron harper jr delano yeah Anton. was malachi flynn there um malachi okay. was not there okay no. malachi was not yeah. there um yeah. and precious achua was there uh late late or slightly late no, arriving no okay, here's um, the thing listen Pre- precious showed up yeah okay so the rest of the voice yeah okay yeah, this is so when the rest of the players came mm. uh, first first off when we showed up at the thing i was like there's like 50 chairs laid out here mm-hmm. and i know there's not 50 members of the media that you were expecting to come to this thing like mm-hmm. let's be completely honest about it we have like probably five to ten beat people that are around and the cameraman at their own stations um and and of course there's bloggers and stuff like that. Like honestly, in a typical Raptors media room, 15, 20 seats. Mm. You know what I mean? But mm-hmm. so I was like, why there's like so many seats? And I realized it was uh the first two rows were reserved for people like, you know, you know, Larry Tannenbaum, uh, Bobby was sitting beside them, um, you know, Darko's wife, um, Masai's wife, um, and then, of course, the players themselves walked in, and I was like, "Okay, that makes sense. You're gonna have some reserve reserve people for that." But I was like, "What's all this stuff in the back?" And then the rest of the Raptors organization just sat like right behind us, <laughs> so it was kind of awkward, especially because they were like introducing the new head coach, Darko Ryakovic, and then like a whole bunch of people were clapping. Like mm. us in the media, we're not supposed to clap for that, or we're supposed to be there as impartial observers. Now, in my mind, in my heart, I'm clapping. But even mm-hmm. I knew not to be like, hey, let's go, you know, mm-hmm. but uh, that's that's why there was such a big cheer because there was so many MLSC employees around <laughs> and no, the my- entire Raptors org was there. Like a- analytics people were there. Like, I-, I don't know, man, the 905 crew was there. Like, you know, so many PR people like it, yeah. it was just like everybody that you typically would see associated with the Raptors. Uh, was there scouts were there as well so no, they, they were it was they a were real going family to, thing yeah they were going to make this um you know as monumental an event yes as, as it could be to to introduce uh a head coach and it's funny you mentioned yeah. like the mix of fans and and mls employees a similar thing happened um i think you were there too when when Kawhi was introduced at at the start of the championship season the the presser took place inside mm-hmm. um inside gate five and, you know, when he came out with Danny Green and Masai Ujiri, there was a line of MLSE employees kind of on the balcony, <laughs> like above, oh, yeah. like, like on yeah, the second yeah. level. And there was, um, you know, some clapping and and cheering that took place. And, and you know, nothing's ever going to top the, the awkwardness of that day. Um, I don't think we're ever going to have a more awkward Bro. intro presser of a player or a coach, but uh-huh. that was definitely the Kawhi one was definitely way more awkward than this one where it did feel like they were trying to create that family atmosphere. Like you mentioned, mm-hmm. I mean, maybe they were trying to do it here too, but you know, the funniest thing with, with the Kawhi thing I remember was just like up until we physically saw him sit down at that podium in his Jersey alongside Messiah, alongside Danny green, mm-hmm. um, we didn't there was still skepticism as to whether or not he was coming to Toronto. Like 
up until that very morning where we were at media um at, at media day where i cornered greg monroe and asked him hey the the, the last team the second unit played really fast with yaka proto do you feel like you can replicate that and he was like oh uh, no <laughs> he's like are you he's the like, guy oh. that was on are you the guy that was on the jumbotron uh and your mic went wonky when you tried to talk to tim lawicki no uh, <laughs> i would be very impressed if greg monroe had seen that clip <laughs> but um but yeah, like I, I, you know, there was genuine skepticism, and I remember one was uh, when Kawhi came out from like behind like that big TV screen over there. Hmm. There was like a there was like a gasp in the room, <laughs> like it was like, oh my god, it's real. <laughs> so shouts to shouts to Kawhi, man. That was like, such a memorable press conference. No, but um, but you you were you were absolutely correct because you know immediately after the trade had been announced in the summer, Chris Haynes reported that Kawhi was not planning on reporting to mm. to toronto and and the the first time that raptors fans uh breathed a sigh of relief was when the famous hostage photo of Kawhi posing with i believe bobby and Masai at the practice facility yep was was taken and that was really the first indication that he had, oh it definitely looked like taken <laughs> he had made contact bobby's <laughs> liam neeson um that 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 he had made first contact with with the raptors organization yeah. and then there was articles that came out about his meeting with nick nurse mm. um the, the famous christmas, like christmas tree, tree. Yeah, yeah the famous christmas tree oh but man you're i right. look up that article man no, you're that right. Might be, that might be generational <laughs> capping right there. It Sorry. might be generational. Um, and and then, you know, I would have loved. You know, Doug Doug Smith obviously Doug gets the first question, mm. um, and and first question yesterday as well to to Darko. Um, would have loved Doug to just be like, "Yo, we don't know much about you. Tell us who you are." And for Darko to do the fun guy laugh. Oh, <laughs> that you don't know, miss miss opportunity there for for an actual joke to land instead of. Masai Ujiri Kajakovic, which oh, is going to go was, down in history. That was, I'm sorry, Masai, but man, talk about dad humor, man. My goodness. No, but isn't dad My humor goodness. supposed to be funny too? I don't know. No, not really. Okay. That, did, no, that just, really. yeah, that one threw me off a little bit, but you know, yeah. it's not about that. Just win 50 games on the court, man. Make whatever jokes you want. Hmm. Like if you just win 50 games, but yeah, so Paul Jones. Oh, by the way, yeah. What's up? Oh, oh, hold on. Actually, um, before we get back to the press conference yes. thing, too, um, this Masai, this 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 first meeting, this legendary first meeting between Nick Nurse and uh, Kawhi Leonard. Um, this was uh, in Doug's story for the Toronto Star, or no, this is Dave Festchuk's story. My bad for uh, the Toronto Star, July twenty seventh, twenty eighteen. The headline is Kawhi Leonard makes a fine first impression on Raptors head coach Nick Nurse. I feel like they had. The, the subject um, flipped. Like, I feel like it should be Nick Nurse makes a fine first impression on Kawhi Leonard. But regardless, not to not to not to not to criticize editorial whatsoever, because I think this is really good. Uh, but Nick Nurse said, quote, we could have gone forever. Raptors management kept knocking on the door. And I was like a couple more minutes because we were really into it. It was fun to listen to his take. He asked me, how are you going to use me? Where are you going to get me the ball? What do you see? And I told him, listen, to me, you can pretty much do everything. You can post, you can drive, you can handle up the floor, you can play screen and roll, one dribble pull up, two dribble pull up. (laughs) You could come off pin downs. And I said, did I miss anything? And he's like, no, that's about it. And I said, you'll probably be doing all that stuff. Man, man. Mm. Honestly, the first bit reads like an R&B song, man. We could have gone forever. (laughs) 
they kept knocking on the door and I was like a couple more minutes because they were really into it. It was really fun. Like, nah, that's 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 Alicia no, this, Keys lyrics, man. This this Marvin's room, man. This this Nick's this Nikki's room. No, but it's like like I'm not I'm surprised dying, in terms man. of in terms of Raptors management um saying that to please cut it short. Like that seems real. Um, oh, definitely but, PR has definitely done that to us. So but my other I guess my other pressing question now in retrospect, do you do you think Kawhi knew he was talking to the head coach of the Toronto Raptors? Like I, I feel like there's a five percent chance that you know Ka- Kawhi Kawhi kind of had one foot into this situation, wasn't fully committed, you know. Like like, uh-huh. do you think he was aware of who he was talking to? I don't know. I don't know. Well, we'll never yeah. know. Well, well hey, listen, know. Nick did say I sat down and said, "Do you have any questions?" And it was just it just led to us having a really easy going conversation. Not. N- now, not what I was expecting. Very smart, very intelligent, very engaging. Really enjoyed it. Management had to drag us out of there in the end because they had to go do something else. But it was great. I just like, picture the PR having to drag both of them out the door, man. <laughs> like physically have to end this conversation. Listen, man, like you, you put yourself yo. in Nick Nurse's shoes. Like, you know, after like traveling the world, um, coaching everywhere, finally landing the NBA job. And your first responsibility is to build this rapport with Kawhi Leonard. Like, that's pretty wild too, man. Because mm. he wasn't expecting that when he got hired. But no, that was a, I think that was a great article to kind of just soothe the feelings of, of the Raptors fan base to, to make sure that, you know, Kawhi's in good hands here. Yeah, so. there there is a point where, uh, you know, Nick, Nick was talking about, he's like, it's a tricky thing that you have to monitor and hope uh, for a little bit <laughs> in terms of if, if there's going to be uh, chemistry on the Raptors that team. Obviously, that year turned out really great. But mm-hmm. no, it is funny just looking back on this. But um, I was actually going to think in terms of the presser itself, I'm um, going back to, to that moment. Um, so all the players came out, right? And the players, you know, some of them look like they came straight from the gym. Like, I, I don't know. Is it just, I suppose people just wear Nike tech suits like regularly anyway. <laughs> Yeah. Uh, but some of them were just kind of it, it would look the same if they just rolled out of the warm-up precious achua showed up um at 120 sat down in his seat uh the mm-hmm. press conference started at one and ended at 130 okay so mm-hmm. 120 is fairly late but he showed up in this like really nice um i would even it was like a tuxedo almost yeah like a black tuxedo right yeah yeah with like a whole getup. so mm-hmm. i don't know i was interesting to me though <laughs> I feel like I feel like the memo went out that this was like black tie optional because you did see a lot of employees dress up. So, but then why did Jeff Down Jr. come in in a Nike tech? I'm not I'm not gonna say any more about Jeff Down Jr. Man, um, but yeah, no, it's it it is interesting. And I'm then, pretty and sure Delano wore a T-shirt like he does 95 percent of the time. <laughs> and then and then Paul Jones was like the the you know masters of ceremony. Yeah, um, he's you know, great at those. The by the way, yeah, no, shouts to Jonesy. Mm-hmm. And he was the one, you know, who set the stage and, and you know, for Masai and Darko to to make their opening remarks. And then, you know, we've talked about the the presser. I'm sure people, a lot of people have watched it or heard it as well. And then, yeah, afterwards, photo ops. Um, and then we were all told that there was uh, there was ice cream. Yeah, ice cream was the feature that was attraction. hilarious. Bobby the referenced funny- the ice cream sandwiches today on uh, on the morning show as well. Uh, to be fair, he, I think he was asked about it on both shows. Was, was that he, he was asked on. about the ice cream sandwiches? He was asked about the ice cream sandwiches. He's asked, which ice cream sandwich did you pick? And I think he said he oh, went with no. cho- chocolate almond. Me- meanwhile, Nick is walking into Philly and they're like, are you bringing back James Harden or not? It's like, he's, he should have been like, yo, it's not even my choice. Like, <laughs> Meanwhile, in Toronto, it's, yo, you're allergic to almonds? 
<laughs> Did you consider uh, allergies? <laughs> no, oh. it really, it really is a very different media market. Let's just say that. But yeah. um, no, the funniest thing with the ice cream. So um, so the first off, they were like offering it to everybody who showed up, right? So it was mm. like people on the street came by and just like got some ice cream and dipped, whatever, because it's right there at like you know the entrance to Union Station and stuff like that. Um, but I think. Well, it's funny because afterwards, it's just kind of like a scramble. And, like, the whole Raptors organization is there and people catching up with each other, talking to each other. A lot of media is there. So there's just, like, little, like, groups that sort of form, you know, as you would, right? And um, so at first, Bobby did a, a sidebar. So Bobby was sitting first row beside Larry Tannenbaum. Mm. And then, because uh, he wasn't on the podium, it was just Masai and, and Darko. And then Masai and Darko went to go take the photos. Bobby then, as that was happening down the street, um, Bobby was, like, doing a little sidebar scrum i don't know if that was agreed to or maybe he just kind of like said okay fine if you guys all want to talk to me let's let's do it in the scrum setting so he's standing in the scrum like he's like pinned against the glass <laughs> he was taken yeah he's like pinned against the wall of scotia yeah. arena no with, like, no picture 20 picture reporters the, just picture like, the meme picture the meme of the guy i don't know what movie it's from with all the knives pointing towards yeah him. yeah yeah the kevin durant's profile photo <laughs> yeah yeah, That's, that, that was the situation. <laughs> Except the knives were every reporter's phones and recorders. Yeah. <laughs> so I was like, I was looking over and I see Bob, I see Masai going over the photo bomb. Um, Darko. Meanwhile, look over it. Oh no, you saw that photo take place in real yeah, time. Yeah. Oh, and meanwhile, no. Bobby is just getting like four checked into no, the glass. Meanwhile, okay. he was knives out. It was knives out. Yeah. Oh man. So that Bobby does his press conference and like. You know, I think for these sidebars, maybe it's like a little bit nerve wracking sometimes for for PR because it's just like, okay, well, you know, for something like the press conference itself, that's like scheduled, that's like planned for a lot. Like some of these sidebar meetings, like Masai also came over and did one of those as well. That was more mm-hmm. of like off the record, you know, whatever kind of things. But, you know, Masai came to talk to guys as well. Dan Tolzman was there, assistant GM. He was talking to people as well. So like there's all these conversations that go by. And I, I, I can sometimes I just look at PR because I'm just like, man, I know they're nervous. I know they're always keeping a watchful eye to be like, okay, when can we end this conversation? You know what I mean? And at yeah. certain points, shouts to PR. And maybe I'm apologizing if, if this was just said in earnest instead of said with this intention. But at some points, they were just like, guys, there's, there's ice cream over there. And I'm like, that's not going to get us to stop talking to Bobby, man. <laughs> I'm not going to not ask Bobby about Fred Van Lee opting out and his future with the franchise because there's a Klondike bar up down the street. Speak for yourself, That was man. so funny to no, me, I, man. I, feel I couldn't like believe t- it. I feel like too now there's you know now there's an expectation like if they re-sign a player bring in a new player like is this the new setup now I like, hope is, so like is this the outdoor setup like you know just follow uh, the ice cream truck sound um you know and, and you'll get to meet Fred Van Vliet today uh brand brand new minted you know with a five-year you know 200 million dollar contract just follow the uh, ice cream truck. Well, Bobby and Masai come to the press conference like, yes, um, so Fred Fred has chosen to leave the Raptors and we were not able to orchestrate a sign and trade. And then reporters start to put up their hands and all of a sudden you hear the ice cream truck. No, bro. Legit in Philly is like, legit in Philly was hardened or not. And here was almonds or not. Like this was legit the difference between. Oh. Between the two sides, but yo Raptors PR, I'm sorry if that's if that's not your intention. Okay, I'm sorry no, sh- if, if, if no, it just shows sh- us to PR, shows to Phil Summers. You know, we we know we don't Amen. appreciate how difficult all your jobs are. No, they did they did um, a great job. They actually so really did a great job, and it, it actually appreciate like, you. one of the more memorable um, press conferences I can really say. So, 
um shout to them on that and yeah i mean like the whole idea is to sort of create pop and circumstance right like it is a celebration and so they announced darko the way i would imagine they would announce like whoever wins the mayoral race in in, in toronto like they <laughs> they brought mm. him out like the mayor it was uh kind of impressive to watch to be honest so i'm just saying though like and this is no disrespect to to coach rayakovich um obviously mm. a, a very unknown name coming in like now the bar is set high like say in five years um if they say they hire like eric spolstra or something right oh like, man like can, can you can you just go back to maple leaf square and, and you know have some balloons and i i feel like you might have to have jesse reyes and you might have to hold it um, mm. you know on edge walk like it might have to be bro at, if at pr said jesse reyes is singing figures over there i would stop pressing bobby <laughs> about, about, about fred i swear i swear so, what i put, so I put that PR, recorder away so if pr walks up just like hey jesse reyes is over there <laughs> <laughs> oh man <laughs> i the fold ice... I, I would instantly fold i promise i promise you i the, fold I, the ice cream bribe is pretty wild man <laughs> i just i just wanted bobby to see that i was wearing a hat that he owns since we're hat boys how did he um, how did he come in possession of it um anyways so a couple of more assorted <laughs> news items speaking of bobby webster so uh-huh. again check out the fan morning show interview you know he briefly yep. was talking about the draft too and you know i'm not sure if this is too much to kind of break down but he said that with the 13th pick um you know they feel really good like this is not one of those years where they're hoping that guys have to fall to them at 13th they feel like there's Mm. multiple options that they're comfortable with and and went on to say again i don't think there's any surprise that they're targeting the best available player and they're looking at guys um two-way guys and and he said quote a raptors type player Mm. so that that was what What does that mean man well that was what i was gonna ask you what is how are we defining a raptors type player at, at, at this point coming off this season Obviously, people can make the obvious joke of like, um, you know, it means a six nine power forward who doesn't really have a polished offensive skill set. <laughs> yeah. yeah, but I mean, I also think that this is one of those interviews. And with all due respect to you know everybody who interviewed the front office recently, mm-hmm. um, like the, the last two days, or even you know thinking back to my own interview with Darko, like they're so media trained for these scenarios that all they're really going to be saying is basketball versions of. You know, he 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 was a he was a well, he was a salty dog, but a good egg. Like it's <laughs> that. Th- like, what does that even mean? We're gonna draft a Raptors type player. You know what I mean? Yeah, that should have been two ice cream flavors yesterday. <laughs> <laughs> oh, but the funniest thing too was these are clearly like I don't know, like whatever Magnum chocolate bar ice creams, and then like this other kind, like basically a Klondike bar. But mm. then they were like they 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 like put a sticker over it and it just had the mm. raptors logo and nothing else just like a blank sticker with the raptors logo and they stuck it on top and i'm like oh yeah, it was brand i didn't even notice it was branded what you're you didn't notice the sticker the sticker got you no i just ripped it through like oh no look oh. so you're telling me they branded the ice cream bars yesterday yes yes yeah, so they put a oh, wow. just put a generic raptors logo over it so this is it. nice touch Nice Absolutely, touch. man. Yeah, yeah, that's that's why PR was like, go get those ice creams and stop getting you, these scoops. I, I bet you, <laughs> you you're getting the I, wrong scoops. I bet you, I bet you, Nick didn't get no ice cream. Yeah, I was gonna say Nick, were, Nick got I a was, pie in the face, man. Yeah, from <laughs> from Spike Eskin or Howard Eskin. Oh, uh, anyways, did um, do you were you there at, when Nick Nurse got announced as head coach? Yes, but I don't remember too much about it in terms of just like memorable moments yeah i can't remember that 
at all, to be honest. No, he was I remember the first time I interviewed Nick at Media Day. I don't think that was when he was introduced, right? I think he got introduced before that. No, he, yeah, there was an introduction. And then, um, yeah, I remember Masai did a side scrum. I think I, I, I want to say, say that they gave Nick a jersey. Um, yeah. I want to say, but I don't know. These they probably said 18 like or something like that. 18 yeah, because I feel like I have a photo of him holding up an 18. So they would have given him a jersey. Um, I guess no jersey for Darko, but, you know, different times. I mean, maybe those were the three jerseys in, in, in um, Josh's oh, layer. Oh, yeah, you might be right, man, because it would say 23, right? Yeah. So, okay. I think we just ended the J-Lou conspiracy. I, I Look, I, I don't think that he just had three Fabavli jerseys hanging in the background. You know how odd that would be? <laughs> You gotta bring those color wise too. You gotta return those to to, you gotta return those to real sports too, man. Leave the tags on. Um, Yeah. So, anyways, that 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 was what Bobby said about about the 13th pick, and then on another interview with the other network, he -hmm. said that they want to bring um, Fred, Gary, and Yak back. He said, "quote I think that's been clear from the end of the season and the teams play." towards the end of the year unfortunately but unfortunately we have conversations with them but can't have the official conversations until july 1st Mm -hmm. is what he said so he said we tamper but we don't actually tamper (laughs) yeah he says in mid in mid-sentence he was like oops this is what I mean, man. These are He's unofficial. a salty dog, but a good egg quote. These are unofficial. Um, no, I mean, look, listen, whether the Raptors truly intend to bring those guys back or not, those are their free agents. Mm-hmm. You, all, you like, no matter what, you have to say that. Like, you have to of say course. that. I mean, and, the, uh, literally the only case I can think of of this not happening was uh, the Memphis Grizzlies uh, putting out, I believe, a press release. Oh, Shams, yeah. Saying that under no circumstance will uh, will Dylan Brooks be coming back. Yeah, yeah, so I maybe I think that's what probably a lot of fans were hoping that was said about Fred. Uh, <laughs> Which again, what what's going? Uh, I'm not. Yeah, okay, we're just gonna leave. No, that. we we know what's been going on, man. It's but it's been going on all season. It's so intense. Yeah. It, it is fiercely intense, and again, it's been like this all year. Um, but um, yeah, like regardless, you want to pause it first off in, in a way that doesn't create headlines, right? Imagine yes. Bobby Webster, has, you know, was asked like, "Hey, do you plan to bring Fred back?" And he's like, "We're gonna have to explore our options." Right. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Huge headline. Big story. We talk about this first thing um, and there will be 25 memes that will say, like, get ready to learn Chinese, buddy, Mm -hmm. in terms of on on Twitter. Right. So. um, Number one, you definitely got to give the most boring and like non quotable, non controversial answer. Yeah. And and Bobby's Um, a pro. Bobby's a pro at that. uh, Absolutely. Right. Because if you think about Bobby quotes over the years. I only remember one and that was at the live show and I can't specifically say it on this, on the air. Mm. Um, but you know, like I, I do feel like, um, you have to, no matter what, whether you actually do mean it and you really do want to retain them or you don't want to retain them, but you want to work out sign and trades, you have to still angle as if you want to bring these guys back. And by the way, there's a real, real chance. They just want to bring these guys back genuinely. Mm-hmm. Um, but we'll see how negotiations go. But uh, yeah, I mean, that's I, I'm not I'm not too surprised that he said that. Quite frankly, um, yeah, no, I, I think don't think we had much of a chance to ask Masai that. First off, no mm. one asked Masai any questions on the podium. Oh which yeah, was, and, which was a little strange. Well, the presser was cut pretty short too. It was about twenty minutes, I want to say. Yeah, it was only about twenty minutes. You're right, actually. Mm-hmm. And um, also, at one point, I kind of wanted to get the mic. I, mm, I was kind of yes, holding I saw, off. You, I saw you trying to get the mic. Yes. 
Yeah, because I was kind of just like, okay, look, we, we've, we've heard about what this means for basketball internationally and um, that kind of stuff. But, like, I wanted to ask a couple more specific questions, especially towards Masai. Actually, I was going to ask Masai about Fred instead of asking mm. Bobby about, um, about Fred turning down his player option. Um, but I think at that point, they had already decided the press conference was going to be wrapping. And uh, I looked over and there were, like, uh, two Serbian questions last and then we were going to cut it off. And I was like, oh, okay, all right. So... Mm. Um, but I suppose the chance was there and there was a sidebar with Masai and um, yeah, there, there weren't that many questions asked about the free agency aspect. It felt like most of the questions were aimed around like the coaching search and, you know, all that kind of stuff. So, yeah. Um, let's see what else we have. So it was officially announced today that Rico Hines will be joining Nick Nurse in Philadelphia. Mm. You know who had that first? Part of his coaching staff. Um, who had it first? Our man, Grange. Oh, shout out to Michael Grange, man. Bro, Grange had that like last week. Credit to Michael Grange. So I think Nick's added Bobby Jackson, former Sacramento Kings player, to his staff. Um, Rico as well. Um, I want to say we still haven't heard officially about Nate Bjergren. I don't think. I don't think we've officially heard about it, but if I had to guess, he would be coaching Philadelphia. Yeah, there's there's an expectation. Yeah. Yeah, I think we would expect him. Uh, thoughts on I think, on, I think, I think on Nick Rico? put the sticker on him on his forehead. Oh God. Um, thoughts <laughs> on thoughts on Rico? I mean, Rico obviously, you know, close relationship mm-hmm. with Pascal here, etc., cetera, yeah, etc. Cetera. For sure. Um, my understanding is he's also got a really good relationship with James Harden. So oh, okay. I think yeah, he's... not surprised. I mean, Rico obviously like works with a lot of guys. So mm, no, that's, Rico, that's interesting though. Rico mm-hmm. is uh, what can I say about Rico? Um. Everybody knows Rico. I think that's mm-hmm. that's definitely really cool to see. Like um, you see players coming into Toronto all the time, and assistant coaches obviously always there pre before the game, getting guys through warmups, and you see it all the time. Like there's a, there's every single team has players that comes over and daps up Rico. So mm-hmm. there is a connections aspect. Obviously, I think a lot has to do with the fact that he's been doing the UCLA runs, and you know, there's a long history of the UCLA runs. By the way, I'd love to read a long history about it, but. From what I understand, like, you know, that goes back to even when Magic was playing. Hmm. Um, but, yeah, I mean, like, you know, it's uh, – he's a recognizable name. He definitely uh, worked out a lot with Pascal, but worked out with other guys as well in Toronto. Obviously, his his only responsibility was not Pascal. Um, and I think more than anything else, it they just really wanted to give the new head coach an opportunity to start fresh. Um, you know, we had heard a lot of names were cleared from the bench – um, pretty much as soon as Nick got let go mm-hmm. and, or shortly thereafter. And yeah, like my understanding was pretty much that, uh, um, you know, you, we would see the opportunity. This is not too unusual. I mean, like usually when head coaches are let go, um, their assistants are, you know, essentially pushed out as well. Um, and so there's sometimes holdover, like Darko, for example, survived the regime change in OKC when they went from Scott Brooks to uh, Billy Donovan. Um, Darko remain as an assistant coach for both those guys. So, uh, it's not to say that that doesn't happen either, but at the same time, like, um, you know, Darko's going to get a chance to bring in a staff. I think Grange was talking about how he wants to get the staff smaller and tighter as well. Um, mm. kind of just got a little bit, uh, unruly with how many assistants they had. So maybe they cut back on that aspect. Um, but yeah, he's going to get his chance to bring in guys. But I mean, Jim Sand, for example, is a long time workout guy. Um, it seems like all the players really like working out with him. He seems to be very available to the players as well, which is part of that job. Like, I'm sure, this guy probably gets called in like 11 p.m. 
you know, Yvonne's making brisket and he's getting called <laughs> over to the gym to rebound for, you know, Jeff Down Jr., who's technically not under contract, as you mentioned. Like that mm. that probably is a f- actual staple part of his day or his existence. Um, so I didn't really see a reason to let him go. But a guy like Rico, he had probably more agency to sort of go other places. And yeah, I'm sure Nick made the call. Um, I, I, I think there, there has to be some connection between those two guys. Um, obviously, Nick was an assistant and he did player development as well. And so I'm sure he crossed paths with Rico long before he joined the staff uh, this past season. But um, yeah, he, he moved on. I don't think this means that like Pascal is leaving or anything like that. Um, mm-hmm necessarily but I mean, at the same time like um yeah it, it's just a chance for darko to bring in his guys and if player development is really big for him i think he's even gonna have to replace some of the second bench guys right because he might want to bring in guys that do it his way especially when it comes to player development because the first row assistants are and you know this so i'm just explaining to the audience but like the first row assistants are there for strategy and scouting and game planning and x's and o's and maybe they run offense maybe they run defense maybe they run special teams all that kind of stuff that's first row second row are mostly guys that probably also do stuff like video probably do some scouting as well maybe they contribute tactically i'm not really sure probably not though definitely not as much as the first row assistants but they mostly do like workout stuff with the players in terms of rebounding getting their shots up um and they have more responsibilities in in that aspect of the player development side and so if you're bringing a dark old to again revamp your player development thinking you probably would clear out some of those names so um, and of course, Rico's a, like he's he's stamped in the league, so I'm sure he can go to a lot of teams. Um, and he gets to go work with Nick again, and he also gets to you know work with somebody like James. Yeah, and um, friend of the program, ESPN's Jeremy Wu, also wrote in his column today that um, Harden signing with the Rockets has become quote a situation that rival teams have come to view as increasingly uncertain. In in recent weeks, so I guess <laughs> Harden cap. really, Harden really is torn. Yeah. So, I I think Harden was just like, yeah, Houston, yeah, I'd love to go back. And then he's like, wait, who's on that team? <laughs> this is this is James Harden's guide to creating leverage. Um, no, uh, it'll be interesting to see Nick and uh Nick and James Harden work together though. Like that's that's oh yeah, that's absolutely a nice little subplot too. Mm. So, um, yeah, um, before we wrap up and get to the world-famous basketball reference game. Mm. Um, big news today in the NBA trade rumor mill because the season is over now, and, and now it begins trade rumor season, is that Woj reported that as rival teams start reaching out to the Washington Wizards to explore trading for Bradley Beal, um, their team president, Michael Winger, who was recently hired, and Beal's agent, Mark Bartlestein of Priority Sports, are all staying in close contact to discuss scenarios that are being presented to the franchise. So it seems like Bradley Beal could be on the move. Uh, should be noted, he's the only player in the league right now with a no-trade clause and is entering the second year of a five-year, $251 million deal. Thoughts on Bradley Beal hitting the trade market? Um. I mean, first off, is this the new trend? Like players just signing and then getting their money first and then asking for a trade? Because um, this is pretty, it's a it's a win win for 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 Bradley. He got the biggest deal possible mm-hmm. because that's the team that has been resigning him for the last like decade in Washington. And then he also got a no trade clause put into that, so that means that he has complete control as to which destination he's going to. So not quite free agency in the sense that you know. But actually, honestly, kind of like free agency, 
but he already has the biggest contract possible and now he gets to choose where he's going to go if he had just like for example let's say he ends up in miami he gets traded to miami if he had just wanted to sign in miami as a free agent he actually wouldn't have gotten that many years or that much money mm-hmm. so or or even the no trade clause which apparently transfers over to the next place so wow. it's just it's just a great contractual agreement like i don't even know why you would go to free agency if that's one of the deals you're able to be to be able to 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 get you know what i mean and i'm not too surprised i mean washington changed ownership or not changed ownership changed the management Mm -hmm. so that was always going to signal to me like a probable change in uh the roster develop like direction and you know the wizards are also aggressively mid and so like yeah i'm not surprised that they're moving on from bradley beal it's a sensible decision quite frankly i think you probably could have even seen this coming especially with the change in management but i think no one just no one thinks about the wizards so yeah <laughs> we, we never really saw like put, put two and two together um yeah i mean I, look listen bradley beal is still a very very good player like i understand that as a number one option he's overstretched i understand that his efficiency has gone down i think last year it was surprising low for a guy we, who we know can really score uh in a variety of ways and um yeah i mean I, I think with bradley he's still clearly a very effective player um actually wow he shot 50 percent last year damn okay that was actually a career high for him wow he shot 50 percent as a guard okay wow um uh, but yeah, I mean, like he's he's a guy who can play off ball, a guy who can handle a little bit. I think he's better playing off ball. He's he's a pretty ideal, well, not ideal, but he's a pretty good number two option that I think would be upgrades on a lot of teams. So, um, are there already situations where he's linked to? Well, I don't think there's like officially situations, but the the destination that everybody feels like makes sense is Miami. And uh, Bobby Marks proposed a trade. Um, and I laughed at this because I couldn't believe this was real. So it would be Tyler Hero mm. and Duncan Robinson, and I believe a future first rounder in, in exchange for Bradley. Honestly, Hero. that sounds about right for Bradley. Um, oh, man. Like, you think about the trade value he could have had like two years ago or something. Like, it's tough. Sure. Like, yeah, for sure. But again, he he they he took the money. They gave him the money as well. And I think the reason again, like it's pretty obvious why his value is low. It's not just the fact that you know he's he hasn't been making that much of an impact recently mm-hmm. um, for his team in terms of the wins. But like he's making forty seven million next season, fifty mm-hmm. million, fifty four million, and then fifty seven million dollar player option when he's going to be like in his you know mid thirties. So. Um, that sounds about right in terms of as a fair contract. Like, I think, honestly, even the Raptors, for, if they wanted to, and I don't think there's a – it makes sense for me, quite frankly, to, to jump in on the Bradley Beal situation based on that contract. But if they wanted to, the Raptors could also offer something similar in value to that. But um, I don't know. I just don't think the Raptors are in that same position. But uh, him and Miami will be an interesting fit. Um, you have another score, which I feel like they really need. He also plays really well off ball, which uh, – it's good because Miami definitely plays a lot of uh, schemes where their bigs have it and, or Bam has it and their guys got to play off ball and actions and Bradley's pretty exercised and, and really complete at doing that aspect of the game. Um, so I, I, I see that as a decent fit. I saw I saw maybe Philly as well. Like if James Harden were to move, maybe some sort of sign and trade to get Bradley in. Mm. Um, I mean, that's, you know, that sounds pretty good too. Like I, I don't know if that's necessarily an upgrade on Harden. Um, for the regular season but come time for the playoffs I feel like Philadelphia's offense they really struggle to find that guy who can really score once MB gets tired and would you say Bradley's a better scorer than James at this point man at this point I think it is close man and I think it's like 
you talk okay. about the Wizards, they haven't been in the playoffs for so long, right? And mm-hmm. like, but I still remember, you know, Bradley Beal being, you know, putting up really great performances in the postseason. Oh, like this guy was Toronto. flexing in Kyle Lowry's face saying, you <laughs> yeah. can't F with me. You can't <laughs> yeah, F with me. That series, it's, it's very visceral. Yeah. And then also when they went toe to toe with Boston in the second round that one year where I think they took turns. Remember, they took turns dressing in all black because it was supposed to be the funeral for the other team. <sighs> so they just like, once again, man, funniest league in the world um and Yo, can, can we just trash talk each other with words like with clothing <laughs> it's like isaiah thomas gotta go and get a custom black suit just to walk into game seven what are we doing <laughs> Yo, my funniest thing is like do the 15th man gotta like does jeff down jr have to come in in a black nike tech oh my god <laughs> i love how you're obsessed with the nike tech too <laughs> um anyways yeah no i i think i mean if james is leaving and they're able to work out something separately like a sign and trade to get bradley beal you know i think i think daryl morey would come he would win he would win in the spreadsheets again right like Mm. you know that would be a great spreadsheet win for him and i agree with you i think miami you know as great as a playoff run as they had like they they definitely just need more um you know scoring so yeah. so adding him to the mix, I think, would make perfect sense. I mean, our guy John Chick also suggested a scenario where Kyle's Lowry, uh, Kyle's uh, contract um, is thrown into the deal to, to make the contracts work, and then he would be bought out, and then he would join Nick Nurse and Joel Embiid in, in Philadelphia. Okay, so first off, after seeing the Game 5 of the NBA Finals... and Oh, yeah, you're still not over that. I think I'm more mad at that game, which had nothing to do with me at all and my team, versus mm. game zero, game one where he had zero points. I, okay. I almost called it game zero because that's what yeah. it felt like to me. Yeah. Okay. Agent zero. <laughs> he was really agent zero that day. Yeah. No hibachi. Um, but, like, I could actually see this happening. That actually sounds very plausible. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, obviously, I think Kyle would prefer to stay in South Beach and think he's moved sure. his family there. And, sure. You know, he's been, as, as Grange says, like once you're able to drop the top on the Ferrari and like it's hard to leave that area, you know, and yeah. that's that's what we saw as soon as the Raptors touched down in Tampa. Mm-hmm. Um, man, but I would hate that. That would be the most annoying team possible, man. Kyle, who mm-hmm. objectively is an annoying basketball player, unless he's on your team. James, or I suppose, is James still there? James might be gone. Um, let's say James is there as well. Yeah. Okay. Kyle. Yeah. No, 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 no. You know what? James Harden back. No, no, no. My goodness. You know what? No, no, no. No, no. James is gone. Okay. And and they also sign. Um, they somehow figure a way sign and trade. Uh, Fred. So Fred starts. Kyle backs him up, and they have Embiid there with Nick Nurse. <sighs> okay. What are we even doing? First off, I feel like they're you're too small across the the, the backcourt. Like we saw that with the Raptors, <laughs> and they have Maxi as well. Yeah, no, Maxi. Got- <laughs> that will be a tiny guard rotation. PJ Even though those Tucker. guys play bigger than they are. <laughs> PJ Tucker, oh, PJ Tucker is, is oh, going to have to retire after 30 games. <laughs> <laughs> he's going to be worn down to a nub. He, he's going to be guarding Jokic. He's going to be guarding so many people. <laughs> Nick's going to play a scheme where MB doesn't guard the other team center. <laughs> oh, my God. Oh, no, who's the most stressed out player right now uh, heading into the offseason? I think it's PJ Tucker. Like I don't know if he knows what's coming, man. This this is the thing. Like, are, is it still fair to do this, PJ Tucker? Like, he's quite old at this point, isn't he? <laughs> yeah, I know. Like, I think well, how old is PJ Tucker, man? He's thirty eight, thirty nine. Yeah, he's thirty eight years old. He's a thirty eight brother. Yeah, he's a thirty eight bro. 
Yo, yeah. you're <laughs> nah. I'm just now. I'm just imagining you having to be in that situation. Oh man, being grinded uh, down to a nub. <laughs> I've seen you defensively, man. You you oh, get that man. PJ type of effort, but um, oh, man. yeah, PJ is a good contender for that. I feel like mm. who else is really stressed right now, man? Who else should be stressed? I mean, I feel like every uh, Detroit Piston making less than Monty Williams should be stressed. <laughs> That's the whole just, roster, man. They're just gonna have no power. <laughs> Yo, the coach better take, pick up the bill for every team dinner, man. My oh, goodness. yeah, he has to, man. I feel like yeah. he should hand out the per diem. <laughs> like, it should just come out of his pocket. He should leave his card out every time these guys go out to a club or something. Mm. Like, no, just put it on the tab type situation. Um, um, no, PJ's stressed. PJ's got to be stressed, um, man. I, I feel like it's just all Sixers guys, man. I'm sure Embiid's a little stressed too. I think yeah. Embiid's stressed too because based on the the playoff run that Jokic had, like you know, spotlights again on Embiid next season. I think he's kind of regretting maybe like pushing PR for the ba- MVP, the PR yeah. battle for the MVP because Jokic winning the championship and looking amazing has nothing to do with Joel, except Joel made everything to do with with Jokic. So yeah, no, I like, and I know Sixers fans get get so mad at this because this was brought up over and over again during the Denver playoff run. But like, it's true. Like in in ten years, twenty years, you're gonna look at this season and see that Joel and B won MVP, and you're gonna be like, that did not make sense. I mean, okay, he did average thirty five points a game. Sure, man. but, but people are gonna average look, people are gonna people people are gonna look at the season as a totality, and they're gonna look at the historic numbers that Jokic put up in the playoffs and they're going to look at Embiid's team once again, fading out in the second round. Right. Sure. No, right. I get that. But I mean, we've seen that happen before. Like, like Dirk, for example, like he had to collect his MVP. Yeah. Yeah. No, I think it falls. Yeah. No, this know? falls in line with Dirk or like the year Carl Malone won mm. when, when Michael Jordan should have won. Like, I think it falls into this category, but yeah, no, I think, I think MB should be stressed. Mm. Cause how many, how many times do you get to do this? He's let almost 30. Embiid's, let me look at his box scores again, man. There's yeah, some, there's some great joy sometimes I I, I have in, in looking at his playoff stats. Yeah, because because I remember I asked you I asked you a few weeks ago. It's like give me a Joel Embiid playoff moment that's not in the first round. Uh, yeah, I'm looking at the last game five five of eighteen from the field, oh of four from three, five of six on the foul line, eight rebounds, one assist, zero steals, two blocks, four turnovers, fifteen points, minus twenty eight. This was the one where every single member of the Boston Celtics took turns isoing Joel Embiid. <laughs> oh yeah, Tatum was eating, man. Yo, he was feasting. <laughs> Tatum man. was My eating, God. man. He was on the hibachi. No, but no. like back to back seasons. Now you remember last year, James Harden was like, "Yeah, I, I didn't get the ball." Like after they lost um, to, to <laughs> nah, Miami, my favorite thing <laughs> in the world is Sixers press conferences after Game Seven. Yeah, man. <laughs> but then, but then after Game after Game Six, when they blew Game Six at home um, against the Celtics, um, you know, there's a lot of fuss about Joel Embiid not getting the ball, mm. like in, in the fourth quarter, and Embiid was like, "Yeah, I just didn't get the ball." And it's like, at, at some point, there's five guys out there. You can just get the ball, like you know, you can just politely ask for it like they'll throw mm. it to oh. you by the way i want to give a shout out to oh i'm also looking at joel Embiid's uh the way he ended the 2022 playoffs this is after he eliminated the raptors obviously but uh mm. seven of 24 from the field against miami in a nine point loss in game six where they got eliminated mm. seven of 24 two of eight from the three four of four from the foul line 12 rebounds two assists zero steals two turnovers 
20 points. Seven of 24? Man. No, you don't understand, man. Like, you know how hard it is to lose a series when you win game one and game five on the road? Like, that's what the Sixers did. Yeah, yeah. Like, that's rare, man. That's special. But Um, All I was going to say is, uh, shouts to... And I know you probably listened to it, but uh, Doc Rivers went on the Bill Simmons podcast. Oh, amazing performance! Yeah. First off, really good. I, I, Doc's a great speaker. We know this. He's worked in media before. Like you know, this is he's just great at it, right? Um, mm-hmm. And he was telling stories, and I really liked it. But then I thought back, and I was like, you know, because we're in this golden era between like social media and also um, just the rise of stand culture in general. Mm. Um, we have like we're in the peak era of player stand-up right like people don't even necessarily like teams so much or they'll actually dislike other people on the same team uh, because they want to push player agenda or player fandom right this is like just a lot of online fandom in particular but especially when it comes to the nba Um, and so part of stand-up is that you also need a rival right Mm. and so for Joel, obviously that was Nikola Jokic, and for James Harden, that was Steph Curry, right? That's that's back in the day when they were fighting for MVPs and they were fighting for the you know supremacy in the West and stuff like that. And I thought about it, and I was like, in this specific age of player fandom, you have um, Doc Rivers going on the uh, the biggest sports podcast, especially in basketball, and all he talked about was how Joel Embiid needs to play more like Jokic, and that J- James Harden needs to play more like Steph Curry. I feel like. <laughs> it was like a giant f you to all the player fandom groups man that's so funny to me when i thought about it in retrospect because i was like in the moment i'm like that makes sense joel could do a better job of getting guys involved and you know being used in different places and, and, and making other players better and, and sort of like do the distribution that the Jokic does maybe not to the same degree but definitely to a greater extent and then I thought he's like, well, you know, the the movement that that Steph Curry brings in, in terms of, you know, he gives up the ball, but he gets the ball back, and you know, it really bends your defense. That would make James so much more threatening as a player as well. But then I took a step back and I was like, wow, he really just compared them to to their 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 rivals essentially. That's wow. Uh, congrats to Doc. That was masterful trolling. Wow, he said they're not him to both of them. Basically, like, basically. Yeah. Yeah, he also was once again talking about the three-one leads that that he's blown over the years, and and he mm. claimed that well, I was I did get them to three-one though. Um, was, okay, that was that was claim. that was again. That's how I knew he was trolling because why would you say that in earnest? <laughs> and then he's like, you know, in retrospect, look at that Orlando team, man, it's trash. Yeah, like he's like, you know, that uh, when Josh Smith starts hitting threes, like, wh- what do you do? Yeah. <laughs> You know what? I'm gonna give you some members of that Orlando Magic team, man. No, we already played that game. I think I think there was somebody on that Daryl Armstrong team that that we did. No, I'm gonna get you a new one. I'm gonna get you a new one. What team no, was that? No, no, you're playing tonight, man. No, we we both Today. playing, man. Oh god. All right, let's get to the basketball reference game then. Unless yeah. there's anything else you wanted to get to. No, that's that's all the content we had. All right, so all right. you did a great job going three and zero last time. Let's go. So, Shout out to Carl Landry. So I'm gonna step this up a little bit. Okay. Okay. And, and and see and see where you're truly at in this game. So okay, hold on. Which year did they lose in the first round or in the three one comeback? Because I'm seeing them lose in the first round three consecutive years in a row. <laughs> it's the one that they lost to Detroit. I okay. Okay. Oh, 2003. 2003. Okay, I got you. Got you. Got you. Yeah, oh wait, hold so... on. They lost. Wait, is that back to back years? No, this is the same. This is the same tab. Okay, got you. All right, all right, all right. I will get you some players off this team later all on. Right. But okay, well, I'm going to go first. But are you ready? Let me get my sheet of paper. 
Again, few yep. people, you could tune out. There's no more basketball content unless you want to uh, do the quiz. Which if you want to play man. along, you know, shout out Alonzo G type. Yo, shout to my guy Sahal because he said he was he he said this game had him in his car, <laughs> in his Honda CRV, oh, driving around that's like a different Uber Honda driver. Yeah. No, you guys. He had he, you had the original uh, Uber car. He has the current Uber car. Okay. Oh man, and he's, he's he's able he's able to just listen to a pod on his speakers. I'm so jealous, man. <laughs> no, he had Bluetooth. Oh, that's so amazing. There's a touch. Man. There's a touch screen. I, I, I have no tooth, man. <laughs> <laughs> no, you got a, you got dentures for a yeah, car. I really got dentures, man. Um, but he said, yeah, he was rolling around the city in his Honda CRV, screaming Alonzo G in his car. <laughs> Yo, that's hard. That's kind of hard. So we need anyway, yeah, the no more basketball talk. Other than the, you know, uh, you know, you know, you know, be ball. Yeah, so. and, and we'll be back next week. Um, so this player was drafted 13th overall in the first round in 2008 by Portland, and he doesn't actually play for Portland. He starts with hmm. Indiana. So 0809 is Indiana. 0910 is Indiana. 1011 is Indiana. Then he goes to Golden State, 11 12. Uh, 12 13, Golden State. 13 14, Utah. 14 15, Golden State. 15 16. Oh, wait, hold on. What? Yeah. Wait, hold on. So 13 14, he's in Utah? Yeah, and then he goes back to Golden State. Back to 14, Golden 15. State. So and he was then on the championship, the first Warriors title. Yes, oh, this era. Yes. Okay. And then fifteen sixteen also on Golden State. What the? And then sixteen seventeen, he's in Minnesota, and that's the end of his career. Okay. 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 Hold on. Indiana, Golden State, Utah, Golden State, Minnesota. Okay. Um, he's on the fourteen fifteen Warriors, and he's on the team the next year as well. So this shouldn't be too difficult. There weren't that many vets on the team. Uh, okay, who was on the roster? Obviously, this is not a rotation player because I feel like you would not have given me anybody from the rotation player side of things. So 2015-16. Oh, I know who this is. Is it Kareem Rush? No. Brandon Rush. Yeah, Brandon Rush. There you yeah, go. Yeah, okay. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Sorry, I forgot his name. I couldn't second. even yeah, weigh yeah. off you on Kareem Rush, man. <laughs> That's crazy. I, I, I was, no, I, I, was, no I, went, I went silent. I was like, nope. <laughs> like it rolled right off the rim. I was like, nope. <laughs> oh, man. No. I got to find the right level for you. But I feel like if I go one level higher, it's like not fair i kind of forgot brandon rush was on the uh yeah. on, on the warriors winning team Damn. i think we got to chalk this up to you know ball um i definitely know ball but like yeah okay. definitely yeah i remember him with indiana as well okay, okay let's try one. this like one that. um good. 2007 draft 14th overall by the clippers okay so 07 08 and 08 09 first two years with the clippers um 09-10, he starts with the Clippers, but ends in Washington. Oh, okay. Um 10-11, he starts with Washington and ends in Golden State. Okay. And that's the end of his career. 
what nah that's crazy <laughs> all right <laughs> no we gotta up the difficulty because you're yeah, you're yeah. a ball knower damn okay hold on i don't remember anything about those clippers teams man i actually believe in you and getting this you just gotta you gotta problem solve hmm okay the clippers 14th overall Went from the Clippers to to Washington midseason. What was the trades at that time? Who were, who were trading teams at that point? Who? Yeah, I don't think Washington? these are even like big trades, bro. Who was on Washington at that time? Yo, that's the thing. Like the the the, tr- the where this game gets so hard is when they are part of teams that don't have any relevance whatsoever. Oh yeah, yeah. Washington, <laughs> aka is a tough, aka is the, a tough the, the the Charlotte Bobcats uh, corollary. Yeah, every uh, time I see a cat, I'm shook, man. All right, I'm going to need a position on this one, man. Okay, let's see. Let's see how they officially list him. He is a small forward slash power forward. Okay. Um, He has a cousin who also played in the NBA. Okay. All right, yeah, maybe don't that down, use that one. I feel yeah. like that's that's... Yeah, don't let that throw NBA you off. NBA cousin, don't, okay, okay. Don't use you. that. Don't use that though. Oh, I mean, man. he has an NBA cousin. Yeah, they both have the same last name, but mm. don't. Yeah, yeah, don't use that. Okay, so small forward, power forward. Yeah, um, uh, wore a wore a headband um, for a majority of his uh, uh, career. That's that's a good one right there. Headband. Okay, good. Headband man. Headband <laughs> with an NBA brother. No, this uh, no cousin, teams, cousin, man. cousin. Oh, cousin, um, so sorry, like, cousin, cousin, cousin. So like, um, yeah, this, yeah, no headgear oh, and head shape. Like you know, I was able to get Costas Kufis because he was balding. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So no, that's why I, I wrote that headband. Yeah, headband, I headband might headband. help. Uh, okay, hold on. Did they play? Were they like a rotation player that they like actually play? Yeah. Like, so, so remember, he was draft, so he was drafted 14th overall, right? So he uh-huh. came in as a pretty touted prospect. I wouldn't say he was like a blue chip guy, but like first yeah, season, yeah. he played 79 games with the Clippers and started hmm. 31 of them. Damn, it was a starter, but I don't remember anybody on those Clippers. Yeah. Teams. And then oh the next goodness. season, next season with the Clippers, 08 09, he started 67 games. And played 37 minutes. He was on the Nick Nurse program. He played 37 minutes a game. He played 37 minutes and averaged 16.8 points, 5.2 rebounds, and almost a steal and a block a game. God damn it, man. So that's pretty good numbers, man. Damn. Yeah. Hmm. Okay. Definitely got traded. He's definitely like a deep cut clipper type. Yeah. Like you know Man, him, and, but... and I wasn't tapped into the Clippers at all. Okay, hold on, because uh, I'm I, if I had a guess right now, I would have already said a name. But this is so confusing to me. No, it's all good. Um, hmm. So nine ten from the Clippers to Washington. There was a, so that must have been a trade in, in between the who got traded between those two teams. Like, I, I think it's hard. Personal. I can't even give you a trade hint because I feel like it was one of those not big trades. Okay, if if just tell me who won in the other side of that trade. Okay, like who who, who? Yeah, you can scroll down to the basketball reference at the, bo- the bottom. Those say transactions. Let's see. If it's too obvious, don't give me the hint though, because I, I I don't be yeah, like yeah. it was the Gilbert Arenas trade, which obviously this. So wasn't. this trade might confuse you even more. Okay, but if okay, you want it, you. 
you got it. Okay? No, I, I, I need any details, man, because nothing okay. is coming up for me. So as part of a three-team trade uh-huh, uh-huh, between uh-huh. the Clippers, the Wizards, and the Cavs, here are the players that were involved, okay? Zyjunas okay. Ilgauskas. Why'd you call it Zyjunas You know it's not bad, man. Sebastian. Oh, big Zyjunas. Sebastian Telfair. Yeah. Drew Gooden. And Anton Jameson. That was going to Washington. So, okay, this is confusing. So, yeah. Anton Jameson goes to Cleveland. Drew okay. Gooden goes to the Clippers. Um, this player ends up going to Washington. Um, and where does Big Z? Big Z ends up on the Wizards as well. It's Big a confusing three-way trade. But if you were to ask, this is known as the Anton Jameson trade. Yes. Okay. Got you. Got you. Yeah. Anton Jameson, Clippers to... Cl- uh, no, this, the Clippers to Washington. Okay. Hmm. This somehow is still not ringing any bells, man. My God. Yeah. Who could this be? It's a forward. It's a forward that played for the Clippers. Forward with a headband. (laughs) So many players, man. (laughs) Oh, God. Oh, okay. Who was on those Washington teams? This was before Brett. This is before John Wall and Bradley Beal. Who do they even have? Man. Yeah, this was this was like a weird era, and then ended with Golden State. So played with Steph, but like realistically, do I know? I wouldn't think too team? much about Golden State. So he he finished he finished playing twenty two games there. Hmm. And this traded Drew Good into the Clippers, which I saw also don't have any recollection of. Yeah, because so he got traded to Washington in this three-team deal, and then the Wizards waived him oh after like forty games. Bro, I don't even know. How do I not even have a hint? Uh, how do I not even have a clue as to who this is? I know like, this. This this nah. one is this one's tough. I might have to admit the feed just based off of content alone, man. Yeah, it's <clears throat> uh, it's your boy Al Thornton. Oh my, get out of here, bro! <laughs> what the hell, man? What? No, 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 no. This is actually a good one. This is actually a good one. I don't think that's that bad. No, no, no. It's actually absolutely not. Oh, it's, damn. it's it's definitely advanced yeah, level, no. though. As, as soon as you said the name, I was like, yeah, that's 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 no, a clipper. Like right it's there. definitely Man. advanced level. Because he wasn't like Oof. a memorable player, right? So Man, that's like an LSAT name. Do you want another advanced level or no? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Give me another one, man. Okay. Advanced level. So yeah. he was let's see if he was drafted. Thornton. Damn. He was not drafted. Undrafted. And My goodness. All right. Undrafted begins his uh, career in 0405 with Dallas. He's in Dallas 0405, 0506, 0607. So first three years. 0708 joins Golden State, but ends the season with the Lakers. Okay. 0809 Lakers. 0910 Lakers. 1011 okay. New Orleans Hornets end of NBA career. You said where did you say it was? Hornets? Uh New Orleans Hornets, yeah. 2010-11. Okay, okay, okay. He is um Ooh. 
he's so a center. Cute. Yeah, yeah, no, I could tell this is a big man. Yeah. By the way, this Al Thornton's a... cousin was Marcus Thornton. Oh, shout out to Marcus Thornton. I kind of wanted the Raptors to get him too. Yeah, he was good. He was, like a, he was like a shooter. Yeah, yeah, he could yeah, score scrappy. a little bit. Yeah. Sure, yeah. Um, okay, so he's one of the bigs on the Lakers when they won the championship. Um, so who was on that roster? I mean, was DJ Banga on that team? I don't know. You'll have to figure that out. No, is that him? Yeah, it is him. <laughs> you, just oh, okay. say it as, you just didn't say oh. it as a guess. <laughs> Oh my bad, my bad. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, you, nah, you, you nah, broke the rules. You didn't say oh, it bad, in the form bad. of a, you know, you you said in the form of a question, which I cannot accept. Wait, how did I get DJ Banga on one yeah. guess, man? Yo, this, this guy got the banga. So disgusting, man. man. No, hold on. Yo, yo that's ah. a banga. That's Bro, a that's banga not, right there. No, that's crazy. Man. We got ourselves a true banga. Yeah. No, that's actually incredible, man. I I forgot how to pronounce his name too for a sec. All right. Also, he had like he had a weird body shape. Like I'm not trying to body shame, but he just kind of had like a hump somewhere on his his body. That's all you. Um. All right. Let's. Here's a bonus one for you. Okay. Um, Like a treat for you. So twenty. Oh wait. Let's see if he's drafted. So he is drafted in the second round, forty third overall in twenty twelve. So forty third. Yeah. Twenty twelve. Okay. This one isn't that hard. Um. Just a bonus. So his first five years, so 2012 to 2017, mm. is in Atlanta. Um, 17, 18, he's in Washington. Okay. 18, 19, starts with Clippers, ends with Philly. Yeah, you'll get this. 19, 20, Philly, 2021, Philly. End of career. So, this, as a guy that's been on Philly for a while, that was on on the in Atlanta. Uh, what? I just want to give you this so I can say his uh, basketball reference nickname. Peril Antich. Way off. Yeah, that's way off. Damn. Just wanted to say nice, Peril nice name drop though. Yeah. <laughs> Shouts to Peril Antich. Okay, no, hold nice on, hold name on. drop. <laughs> So this guy played against the Raptors in 1718 with Washington and then played mm-hmm. against the Raptors in 1819 with Philly. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I, okay, this has to, Who is this, man? You'll get played this. In, played in Atlanta for a couple years. You'll get who this. Who was on those Atlanta teams? Yeah, TV. Uh, it's definitely not Shelvin Mack, which would be hilarious, but it's not. Um, wow, who was on those teams? Oh, Mike Scott. Yeah, there you go. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Mike yeah, Scott. His uh, yeah. basketball reference nickname is the Regional Manager. That's pretty good. That's a pretty it, good. That's actually, that's really actually good. That's actually an amazing nickname. Uh, yeah, shout out to and, him. And Mike Scott famously wore a lot of hockey jerseys. Uh, to, okay, uh, as tunnel fits. Didn't right. he? Wasn't there something where he got caught up with? <clears throat> yeah, he got a felony drug charge. Oh. Did he? Oh, they found a bunch of weed. That's okay, that's different, man. Oh, okay. That's different. All right. Um, All right. That's pretty good. Got... Damn. Just, just, no, we'll you're, stump you're... by Al Thornton, man. That's that's a good one. No, that's you're a on a good one. run, man. You're on a good run. That's a good. No, it's a good run. Is when I get DJ Banga on one guess, man. That's no, disgusting. Like I said, that was a banga. 
Uh, no. <laughs> Damn. I, I was like Mike Breen. I said, bang! Yeah, yeah. <laughs> this guy point. You know how Jamal Murray pointed at Mike Breen? This guy pointed at B-Ball reference page and said, bang! Yeah. All right. Am okay. I playing too? Yeah, yeah, okay. I'm going to okay. give you... I got a theme as always. Yeah, yeah, I love the, that. The yeah. theme is the Doc Rivers uh, team that he slanders all the time. Okay. Oh, okay. Wait, they're all on that team? Uh, well, well, we'll see. We'll see. We'll see. You might want right. to do different teams. But... All right. Well, I, mean, I know you were magic specialist too, so I feel like you should get this. Okay, all right. First try guy. Let's try it. Let's try it. Undrafted. Oh, no, sorry, yeah. sorry. 27th overall pick in 1997 NBA draft. Sorry. 27th okay. overall pick. All right. Pascal's number. Um, by the Utah Jazz. Yeah. Plays in Utah the first four years of his career from 1997 to yeah. 2001. Yeah. Plays one season, 2001, 2002 in Atlanta. Yeah. Plays the next season in Orlando. That's the team. Yeah. Then plays back in Atlanta, 20, uh, 2003, 2004. Plays two seasons, 04, 05, 05, 06 with the New Jersey Nets. And then yeah. spends the final three years of his career from 2006 to 2009 with the San Antonio Spurs. With the Spurs? With the Spurs. This is not Matt Harpering? It's not Matt Harpering. Pat Garrity? Not Pat Garrity. Although I'm going to strike Pat Garrity from the list because I was going <laughs> to make you guess him next. <laughs> okay, this is kind of messing me up because I was banking uh-huh. on it being one of these two. Okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. Good, I, good. I'm... I'm a bit stressed right now. I'm not gonna lie. Yeah, that's all right. I was pretty confident. No, I was pretty confident it was gonna be one. Those are those are good guesses, man. Those were my disgusting brothers, man. Like I, man. Okay, Utah, Atlanta, Orlando, Atlanta. He goes to New Jersey. What year was he in San Antonio? Two thousand and six, oh seven, oh seven, oh eight, oh eight, oh nine. Oh eight, oh nine. Yeah, so he missed oh. out on the he missed out on all the rings except. Is this maybe? a weird question? Is he black? Yes, this NBA player is black. Ty Corbin? No. Way off. Yes, way off. No, this guy asked for his race. That's crazy. Man. No, because I said two white guys to start. Okay, yeah. all right. So I needed to clarify before I did a third. Because Ty Corbin's dying, played man. in Utah, he's played in Atlanta, <laughs> like this kind of fit. Nah, you threw me off. I was like, oh <laughs> Yo, my, my god, bad. what are you about to say right here, man? Oh no, my bad, my bad. Uh, it's all good. Twenty seventh overall, mm-hmm. and then ninety seven to two thousand and one, he's in Utah. Yep. So he was on those Utah Finals teams. Yeah, 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 yeah. He yeah, was on so, those Utah Finals teams, but because you're saying he's he's black, yes, yes. So it's not Adam Keith. Um, what? Who yeah. is that? Um, <laughs> no, nah, man. Who is that, bro? But he's drafted. <laughs> is he a guard? It is a guard. Yes. But it's not Howard Isley because he goes to the Knicks again. Who are these people, man? It's not Howard. So he's like. He's literally a rookie in 97 when they, like, make the finals. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He was a rookie when they made the finals. Did um, he play during the regular season? 
He played 45 games, but only nine minutes per game. But you know, for a rookie, that's pretty good. And you're saying he's a guard. I'm saying for sure he's a guard. He's a guard. Yeah. And he's not white. Yeah. Um, I would. You know what? If I were to point you in a direction, in addition to the fact that he was on Utah and also this Orlando Magic team for one year. Yeah. I remember most. I remember this player most with the New Jersey Nets. With the new and what year was it? Oh four, oh five. Okay. And then oh five, oh six. He played seventy one and eighty games those two seasons with the Nets. So he would have been with Vince, I think. Yep. Yeah, he was with Vince because yep. Vince was there. So then mm-hmm. Jason Kidd, Kenyon Martin. Oh man, I feel like I should get this guy. So he's like a backup guard. He's a backup guard. He's a backup. He was a backup to Kid because I he he might have been there that year they made the finals against the Spurs, or he might have just missed that. Um. No, no, he missed those. He but, missed that. But Kid. yes, he is a backup guard. Man, I put all my eggs Co- into this pretty much stupid, a career. Huh? Yeah. No, I put all my eggs into the stupid Harper and Garrity basket, man. Um, <laughs> That's what the Utah Jazz were saying. <laughs> I, was, I, I was so sure that I was just going to burn those two and just move on. No, nah, this and, game is amazing, man. I no, love but, this game, But bro. now I'm like deep. Like now I'm deep in it. I, I should get this guy though. So, so. Yeah, yeah. Absolutely. You know this guy. I'm going to be so mad. Let me give you one more hint. Okay. We actually talked about him occasionally on the show this year okay but obviously you're not going to give any more context than that yes but I'm, I'm saying this player this this player was relevant even in 2023 okay i might have to strike that hint because i feel like it's throwing me off um, okay all right, all right feel free to ignore the hint although when i tell you you're gonna know exactly what I'm yeah at. i know i'm gonna be so mad um okay so backup guard he was on utah when they when they made the finals and then he goes to atlanta mm-hmm. he goes to atlanta he goes to orlando goes back to atlanta he's in new jersey so he's with kid checking out checking in for jason kid um yeah this guy was at the izod center checking in for jason kid who is it man who is his backup who the hell was jason kid's <laughs> backup man <laughs> Who was backing that man up? No, this game makes you so mad about the wrong things, man. And then he goes to the Spurs. There's no reason anyone should be mad about that. So he goes to the Spurs. So he's on like pretty good teams during that era. Oh, yeah. Winning player, you know? He's a winning player. Mm -hmm. This guy literally was only on winning programs. I I should salute him. I just can't get out of my head which rookie was on Utah when they made this damn finals, man. Jeff I mean, to Morrison. be fair, he didn't play that much in the actual playoff yeah. run for them, as you would expect for a rookie, but, you know. Jeff yeah, he Hornacek, barely got in the game. Jeff Hornacek, John Stockton, Howard Isley, um, Antoine Carr, uh, Adam Keefe. This game is so dumb. This guy got me. This guy got me becoming the Joker, trying to think of the '97 Jazz right now. This is the dumbest game. Jerry Sloan looks over to the rookie. Um, You know he didn't play rookies, man. Shouts to our man CJ Miles. This is not Deshaun Stevenson. 
No, hell yeah, no, yeah, no, hold man. On, hold on. I'm having a breakdown. I'm having yeah, a breakdown. A, that's a having, wild break, man. No, I'm, I'm having a breakdown over the 97 Jazz. Who else came off the bench? They come out the tunnel. Oh, Stockton's the coming game, out. Man. Stockton's coming out the tunnel. Greg Ostertag's coming out the tunnel. I mean, you're not, he's not a guy you remember coming out the tunnel, man. Come on. But you're saying he played some – he backed up Jason Kidd in Jersey. Absolutely. Absolutely. For me, for my generation, that's where I remember him from. I'm going to be so mad. By then, he's a vet. Like, by then, by he's then, a vet, yeah. By then, he's a vet. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I can't get this one. What if I told you in 2023 he has an amazing beard? Oh my god, I'm so mad now. Yeah, Sha- Shock Vaughn? Yeah, oh yeah, my yeah. god. Oh yeah. my god, I'm so mad at myself. Oh yeah, he did back up stupid Jason Kidd, man. Yeah, and he wasn't. Oh man. Oh, I'm so mad. No, at the myself. way it all makes sense after it's said. No, I'm so, so funny to me, mad at myself, man. And how is it that I always need a, a facial hair or balding hint? Yeah, I, I gotta give you more hair hints. I think that's the key here. Oh man, this one really got me. No, that's but that. That's a tough. I'm one. not gonna lie, I had a lot of fun though. Um, all right. All next. right. Well, I suppose I okay. So if I'm really gonna go with this theme, yeah. I feel like the rest of them are a little bit too easy. Um, so you can switch I'm up the you, themes. Yeah. No, no, no. I'm committed to this theme. So okay, this this okay. player, uh, was undrafted. Okay, undrafted. Wow. Okay, undrafted. Uh, enters the league. Um, in 1994 with the Orlando Magic God, and plays God. in Orlando for nine seasons until 2003. So from okay. 1994 to 2003. Yeah. Then plays for the Hornets in 03-04. Season afterwards starts the season with the Hornets in 2004-2005 um, but gets traded midseason to Dallas 04-05. Is on Dallas 0506. I believe that is the team that blew um the what the finals to Dwayne Wade. Yeah. And then played with Indiana in 0607 and then finished his career with the New Jersey Nets 0708. No, I'm starting to hate the Nets, man. I feel like every time <laughs> Yo, the Nets is wild triggering. I don't know no, why. I man. feel like every time I see the Nets, man, it's not helping. Okay, so he oh, has a bug. He has a long run in Orlando. To start. A long run in Orlando, for sure. He's through Shaq. He's through Shaq leaving. Yeah, those are some of your favorite teams, man. Yeah, but I know this guy threw a curveball at me, man. This guy's undrafted. No, this actually is not a curveball. This is just a 90-mile-per-hour Mark Burley fastball in the middle of the zone. It's a, it's a meatball, really. He goes to the Hornets. Goes to the New Orleans Hornets. Hornets... And then he's on the Dallas teams. Yeah. Shaq, Penny. This won't be no Donald Royal, man. You got me naming players. I don't know. Who are these (laughs) people, bro? Tree Rollins. Oh, man. He joins them in 94. Yeah. This is wild, man. Yep. No, I'm on Harper and Garrity tilt right now man i'm not gonna lie to you can i uh, okay i'll wait until you ask for hints but i got some pretty good hints for you all right drop me a hint man um do you want position 
Like, what yeah. do you want? Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Give me that. Position is a point guard. Point guard. Oh, is this Daryl Armstrong? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, okay. That's why I, I said it's why. a meatball. I don't this know why I overthought that. Yeah. yeah, yeah, This guy was like Royal Ivy or something. <laughs> I was like, what? No, it's not Royal Ivy, man. No, the Garrity the Garrity Harpring thing was like, yo, it was like seeing it was like losing to a flush on the river, man. <laughs> I was calling my own shot on that, and then it oh. turned out to be Jacques Vaughn. I was I was gonna <laughs> I was so enthusiastic to give you the hint that he had one of the worst moments ever in the Don Kong. Oh the Don oh yeah, the layup? Yeah. <laughs> no nah, man, yo, oh man, I you really got me so flustered. I, the last one I was like, is he black? Yeah, like yo, that was wild. I was like, <laughs> uh, yes, he is. Okay, by the way, in future reference, do not look at the 2007 2008 New Jersey Nets because I think I have like ten candidates on this roster. Okay, okay, um, so we'll block that, that, that one off. That, that I should that I should get get for you, but um, okay. this is the last one. I'm gonna give you this one. Um, All right, it's pretty short career to be honest, but you know, decently memorable. So, uh, was a 2002 24th overall pick to the New Jersey Nets. Uh, plays in New Jersey for four years from 0405, 0506, 0607, 0708 in New Jersey. Then yep. this player goes to OKC 2008, 2009, 2009 to 2010, and then finishes his, his last season in the league, starts in OKC in 2010, 2011, but finishes in Boston 2010, 2011. Is he, is he a European big? It, he is a European big. Nainad Christage? Yeah, damn. Yeah, right, yeah that's go. pretty good. All right, good that's recovery. Pretty good. Good that's recovery. pretty good. Good recovery. Impressive. Impressive. All right. Man. Shock Vaughn, man. <laughs> no, this guy could be cricket no. himself for Shock Vaughn. Bro, you had, me, you had me pretending to be Herbie bringing out the 97 Jazz. Man. <laughs> I was like, and now introducing the entire lineup. Now this guy had an encyclopedic knowledge of the Utah Jazz. No, man. I threw out, I threw out oh, Adam Keefe. I was so desperate, man. Oh man, uh, I thought it was Ty Corbin too, man. No, you're like, is he black? Because I'm thinking about Ty Corbin. I'm like, no, man. <laughs> Who thinks about former Utah Jazz coach Ty Corbin, man? Who was thinking about him? Like, no, that's wild, man. All right, that's uh, that's this episode. I believe we'll be back next week. That's the plan, right? Yeah, we'll be back next week. Uh, uh, unless there's more Raptors news dropping, which, yes. I mean, I can't really necessarily see more news dropping before now in the draft. But, um, yeah, I mean, there's just not that much that we've covered. So this concludes uh, Darko Ryakovich week on the Raptors show. Thanks to uh, Michael Grange for joining us on Monday. The shouts to uh, Darko himself for joining us on the show uh, on Tuesday. Um, and, yeah, shouts to you, Alex, for producing this whole thing, bringing it all together, being on the pod. Um, and yeah, you know, this is great. My last question to you, would you have gotten Gordon Jiracek? Um, yes. Uh, he's, did, did he start in Orlando? He was in he Orlando. He goes to Utah too. Yeah. Yeah. Was yeah, he in he Chicago go- first? No, he was in Chicago. He, he started his career in Orlando. Yeah. Um, he was on that Doc Rivers team. And then Utah? And then Utah. Yeah. Yeah. And that's it? And then Philadelphia and Phoenix at the end there, but he barely played for those. Teams. Oh yeah, that might have been hard. Yeah. Okay. All right. So. Well, there's one of those white guys that that you mentioned. So. Mm, mm, mm. <laughs> All right. Thanks all for listening. Rate, review, subscribe to the podcast, and uh, yeah, if nothing Raptors news happens, we will catch you uh, next week. So.
So uh, we will bring you lots of draft coverage at that time. That'll be the theme for next week. But for now, welcome Darko to Toronto. And uh, yeah. <laughs>